I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading specialist data recruitment business. With offices in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, they're experts at providing recruitment strategy and building data teams for clients across industries Australia-wide. They provide recruitment solutions for all roles across the data lifecycle, including data engineering, data science, advanced analytics, customer and marketing insights, business intelligence, data product managers, and data governance. They're skilled at finding the best permanent and contract hires for your business needs, as well as statement of work, project focus, data resources. At Talent Insights, relationships matter most. I can say from first-hand experience, Talent Insights are fantastic to work with. Whether you're a business leader within an HR network or a specialist data candidate, Talent Insights should be the first company you turn to for all your data recruitment needs. Find them at talentinsights.com.au. This special episode is a recording from a live webinar we ran back in February as part of our Future Proofing Data Platforms online event. It's a battle of opinions where our esteemed guests debated the pros and cons of centralized versus decentralized architecture. It turned out to be a really interesting session that would actually help you determine where best to apply each architecture. Advocating for decentralized platforms is Naveen Sidoretti, Data Solutions Architect at PlayStation USA, and advocating for centralized platforms is Rohan Dupelia, Data Platform Senior Manager at Bassian. Let us know your thoughts by leaving us a message or emailing info at datafuturology.com. Now the tech war session for the day, we're gonna be discussing different perspectives on data architectures. So we have on one side the centralized view, on the other side the decentralized view. We're gonna be discussing the pros and cons of both sides, trying to you know argue to, in a way that we can convince as many people to each of the sides, and then we'll see how the debate pans out. So in the data architecture, there's lots of buzzwords and there's up and coming architectures like data mesh, data fabric, data virtualization that are pushing us into a decentralized data architecture. From a centralized perspective, we have the, the data warehouse, the data lake where the data lives in one place. So let's discuss both of those and how they apply in organizations. Advocating for decentralized platforms, we got Naveen Siradari, data solutions architect from PlayStation. Naveen, how are you doing today? Doing good, Pip. How's it going? Great. Thank you so much for being here. And advocating for centralized platforms is Rohan Dupella. He's the data platform senior manager at Atlassian. Rohan, how are you doing today? Yeah, very good. Thank you. How are you? Very, very good. So um, I might get Naveen to kick us off uh, with, with his view for decentralized platforms first as an opening statement, and then I'll ask the same from Rohan, and we'll take it away. All right, yeah. So my take on decentralization is comes from the uh, real world. Uh, I consider uh, the, the world map as a decentralized system for different uh, you know domains. And they, they communicate, you know, um, I would say using UNs, but uh, they're they're functioning by their own, and they use their own tool sets. Um, uh, like their own governments uh, in the real world. Um, that's where I come from, and I uh, I applied the same analogy to uh, to the enterprise where different domains exist, and they have their own uh, I should say governments and uh, their own way of doing things, um, and that's the way to go. And that's that's where I come from. You know, uh, 
that's a quick introduction on why I would argue against, uh, argue for decentralization. I feel like you're throwing awesome. the poll up a bit quick there. We haven't even given the given the, the, <laughs> the folks a chance to see my point of view. <laughs> yeah, so so I the, the, I assume that the point was to say what are um, get a get a view on what is people's incoming perspectives, and then where do we get them to after the the debate? Um, All right. Fair so, yeah, love the idea, and I jumped on and made the poll. Um, Rohan, from your perspective, um, tell us your opening statement. All right. Um, it was actually quite interesting. Naveen and I caught up before this, and I was like, oh, I, I think I'm totally going to agree with him. Um, and, you know, I, I agree, like, we should decentralize. Um, I mean, yeah, we should decentralize, and there's not really an argument for centralizing. Um, but, like, throughout a discussion, I realized, oh, wait, we actually have this thing that we disagree about. And for me, it's like, I completely agree that ownership of data uh, should be decentralized. So teams should... Uh, or departments or domains should have complete ownership of their data and be able to decide what they present to other domains within, within your organization. Um, what I disagree on is that uh, tooling and infrastructure should be uh, decentralized. I think there's a lot of learnings and a lot of governance that comes through a centralized set of, of tooling and a set, centralized set of uh, uh, um, infrastructure and rather than teams having to ultimately reinvent the wheel we can all share on that same common platform great great so yeah we're starting starting to um to to diversify the um at least the, the perspectives on you know um the the data ownership versus the the platforms any any views from your side Naveen? yeah so yeah that's where i think we defer on the tooling side um, I guess uh, Rohan brought up other other point as well, governance. So where I agree on the centralization piece, but when it comes to tooling, I feel like uh, there are a couple of elements that has changed uh, from uh, earlier world, uh, which is open source um, and then the whole cloud model and then the cost models, right? Like to take an example, paper use, uh, managed services and licenses. And when it comes to cloud, uh, you pretty much, uh, took out the common activities that we used to do in data world, DBAs, you know, and with uh, the new tool called DBT, right? We even took out the developer, really. We used to have developers to do development, but it's gone. All these, right, you know, uh, are playing a big role in how technology has moved. Uh, so what I'm trying to get at is basically the power is being moved from infrastructure to the analyst. So analyst uh, pretty much has power to pick the tools. Um, whereas I agree that there has to be a platform like I, uh, iOS, right? It's iOS's operating system, but then as a consumer, a bunch of apps to do these. We're not agreeing that one, one banking app would do everything for me, but I would just pick and choose the tools that I need for my specific function. So on the same lines, you know, the business unit actually can, uh, you know, go for whatever tool they need, but we can have a common iOS kind of platform, you know? So the tooling-wise, I think power should be given to the analyst uh, to decide what works. Like Excel, till, till, till date, Excel is the most powerful tool for the analyst. Even though we introduced so many things from centralized IT infrastructure, they still prefer that. So I think coming from that perspective, the tools open source and you know the separation of consoles is another big thing where the monolithic database has been broken down into 
smaller pieces, one for discovery, one for compute, one for storage. So the analyst can pick and choose just for storage. Maybe he's good at only storing files, like a, a transaction system. Maybe another one is only interested in querying, you know? So they could pick and choose. So I think it gives them a leverage. So that's where I come from, like saying power should be given to the analyst. Decide to decide the tools, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. It's definitely a growing trend uh, to to uh, empower people more and more. Uh, Rohan, how are from your side? Uh, I think the challenge of giving anyone anything there's there's a few challenges. Uh, one is interoperability, um, having everyone land a data on the same plane and have it accessible across every uh, every plane. So if you have folks. Uh, exposing Excel spreadsheets as a data set, and you have mm -hmm. folks exposing a Parquet data set or a table in Postgres, you're going to have a very difficult try time trying to get some level of interoperability between those data sets and create new uh, domains based on those data sets. Having everything through a shared plane and having everything through a common, like, uh, I, I guess, a com landed in a common place. Uh, is quite beneficial. And I guess that's like why at Atlassian we've kind of focused on, you know, we want to democratize data. We want every domain to have ownership of their data. But at the same time, we've provided a common single data lake because we want everyone to be able to build off each other and build up their own new data sets at the same time. Um, we also want to avoid people ultimately, like I said before, reinventing the wheel. We don't want to have uh, 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 teams churning and spending more time, uh, you know, with high resources, creating new or, or figuring out things that we've already figured out in our team. Actually, I agree with you, Rohan. So the interoperability and also even the support is a problem for the tools, right? Like, you know, when it comes to actually supporting the tool sets, they could go on and buy tools that are not really supported well. So on the support side, I was thinking about this. And nowadays, the tools are cloud-based and you know their instrumentation is built into it we rarely go back and you know you know reach out to them they already know that this is down or, or something like that but interoperability right um, so i'm not pronouncing it correctly but i think domain driven is, is designs uh, consider events as a communication channel i think that's the way to go i mean i haven't seen any architecture even data mesh talks about uh, actually treating data as a product but not about how they communicate together, you know? So as much as we, you know, consider data as a product, we still need a way to communicate from one domain to another. For example, finance to marketing. Um, I do have a uh, slide I could, if I could share, but the thing is, uh, let's say a production unit says there is a delay in um, uh, producing a car. So that is an event, right? So if you could, uh, if we could uh, store that event in an event store and every other unit does the same, and we would consume the event. So it's completely decoupled, right? So there's no, no need to uh, have a really to say shared platform is nothing but event store rather than having a platform to do the, you know, uh, the activity. Um, but I haven't seen any architecture really implemented that way. I have seen in the programming world, but not in the data world yet. So, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. It seems like at least we, we agree that like having some, some level of interoperability and whether that be like a topics on a Kafka event bus or um, tables in a centralized meta store of some sort is is mm -hmm. ideal, right? I think we at least agree there. Yeah. 
Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I agree that yeah, we need to have some kind of event uh, mechanism to just to decouple and have a centralized event mechanism. You know, it's more like a yeah. history book, I would say. And uh, people who want to go back and look into the history and gain something, they would go back and do it. And they want to react to the current event, they would react to that. You know. Yeah. So, so some level of interoperability is important, mm-hmm. but I think where we probably still disagree is you think. Uh, the way that data gets into that interoperable space mm-hmm. can be up to the user ultimately. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm still um, with that. Yeah. Okay. And are there are there perspectives around the the skills um, required for people to plug into the the da- that data ecosystem that um, when people are working with the tools they're comfortable with might be lower barriers. Um, if we have a centralized one, they, they might need additional support. What do you guys think from a, from a skills perspective in uh, across all the players in the ecosystem? I'll go first here then. Um, so like one thing I want to do is scale out domains that use data in Atlassian without having to scale out data engineers. That's my, that's my goal. I want to ultimately have a lot less folks involved in actually understanding how to do like distributed compute and how to, you know, uh, understand like table dynamics uh, as the same extent of our team. Um, but I want I want to be able to enable every domain to do this ultimately. So that's why I feel that like you know we should try and take the burden away from them and like um, have ownership of those lower levels of the stack. So that all they really need to know is like at a bare minimum, I just need to know how to write SQL or I need to know how to um, uh, push data to this endpoint. And that's it. That's And like any software engineer should be able to do something like that ultimately. How about from your side, Naveen? Yeah, I think skill set, um, I leave it up to the analyst really. I, I do agree to an extent. That's how. That's what I've been doing till date saying that, okay, I can provide a better platform to, for the analyst to do queries. Uh, but what I realized is that it, it never worked. It takes a long time to you know convince the user that, please get out of Excel, right? But that doesn't happen. You know, I, I do see the power of Excel there. And that's where I came up with this adoption that you know Excel is a simple interface. And I wish Excel, right? When you write a query, it automatically on the Snowflake would go and distribute computing, you know, then users would be very happy. They would say, oh, I wrote my query in Excel and, you know, it just goes back to Amazon, computes everything and comes back. So I think I'm I actually skill set wise, I don't think like SQL is the only thing that I would expect them to have. But otherwise, when it comes to picking what they need, the tools, it could be Snowflake if they want to just write queries, um, you know, it could be DBT, you know, to just uh, get on board and start working, you know. But I, I, don't, I don't have any preference for the analyst to have, you know, this specific skill. Yeah, great. And tell, tell me about the, uh, the, the, data, um, the data ownership then um and and maybe that's a that's an area where uh, we can further explore that um yeah who who gets to own uh data quality who gets to decide what is shared how it is shared um tell, tell me about that that space um all right I'll start. yeah i'll start um so yeah i absolutely have this the, the, i think we have a shared view that data ownership needs to be with the domains that, that like right. producing or consuming the data right um, I think I have a challenge in Atlassian in that 
there is a reluctance for data producers to really own data. Um, and part of it's just cultural, like there's just, you know, we throw data, we throw our analytical data to this endpoint. We don't give a, uh, we don't, we don't care what you do with it. Ultimately, there's no, uh, there's no ownership of it once it leaves, um, their, their product, their, their microservice or whatever their service is that they're ultimately producing. Um, and so that's the big challenge we have and like things that we're thinking about how we can start to change this culture in the last year and how we can start to get folks to take more ownership of the data. Uh, things like uh, we want to try and follow a model similar to like our growth team in Atlassian, which basically has squads that go and uh, sit with uh, our domains and tries to to get them to understand the value of, of um, owning data and so what, what, what value that comes to the other, other mm -hmm. teams in Atlassian. Uh, the other thing we're trying to look at is probably embedding to some extent like data product managers in each of the domains that we have across Atlassian. Um, so it's an unsolved problem at Atlassian, domain ownership, um, data ownership. And uh, I, I agree completely that data ownership should not be central. Um, but I think that it, I, I, where we are definitely struggling is how do we actually decentralize that? And and could um, what do you think about the, the the fork um, or the separation between the producers and the consumers of, of the data? And is there something that can be done to make them one and the same? What do you mean by fork? Uh, that, they're, that they sound like they're different people. Um, mm -hmm. So that essentially a, there's not, say, um, a, a, a business unit head uh, over an operational area where the system, where the data is created within the systems that their people use and that, that then that same person is responsible for improving the the return or the value of that function um, which would turn them into a, into a data consumer largely of the data that they create and then they they are aligned and um and they they want to push for for improvements in their area with the um, that are driven by the data that they create. So whether there, there's some, some alignment there in terms of the responsibilities that can create uh, the consumers, put them, uh, the producers put them as consumers as well. Yeah, so where we sit today is like, we have some teams which are producers and consumers of the same data, and those teams are a lot more effective at iterating on their data sets and making them better ultimately. But as soon as they're producing data and not being a consumer of that data or producing it and not publishing it in a space that's interoperable where they get feedback from other folks to, to improve the data sets, uh, that's where things start to break down, start to fall down. So that's that's ultimately what we're trying to solve at the moment is like, how do we get people to actually understand how their data is being used across the company? And how do we get people to, uh, you know, roadmap and put time into actually uh, improving the data sets based on what other people are uh, doing in the company? And how do we stop consuming domains from actually taking on this burden and saying, oh, you know, this, this producing yes. domain of data doesn't give a shit about this. I'm just going to have to hack away at this and make this work for me in my use case. And yes. that's, that's really what we're trying to solve. Yeah, and I wonder, and I wonder to what extent it's it's completely inevitable uh, that mm. that consumers will have to tailor the the data uh, during the an ingestion for their for their purpose. Naveen, from your perspective, uh, any any thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm not going to take specific examples, but let me take a real world example. So, in real world, um, I think history books are data books, right? Like in the sense, data is nothing but history books. 
So maybe it's influenced by a geographical or a political scenario, but at the end, you pretty much have all the data sitting in history. So uh, I feel like we don't need really uh, domains to own it. We just need a centralized event system that captures everything that happens in every domain. And you know that way, there is nobody saying, I own it, I own this data. You know, There is no data concept itself. You, know, you just capture all the events that happen. And if there is a conflict, you know, uh, you know, like like I said in the political geographical scenario, there might be too much power to the revenue department. You know, whoever generates more revenue, they might define, you know, what that event is. They might say, "Yep, this is where I got my money." So they overrule the other event. But what essentially I'm trying to say is, I don't think data is a is 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 an um, is an attribute here. We should talk about events more when it comes to uh, the commonality in the enterprise or you know uh, interoperability and second thing is when it comes to agreement uh, agreeing with uh, common elements here across the domains uh, graphs are the way i know there's no way we can convince uh, everyone to be on board with tables and you know uh, with processes there has to be a way to uh, allow the uh, you know the so for example uh, taking an ex example of sap right they have cost centers, profit centers, and things like these. Uh, a finance team would view them as differently, but when it comes to another department, data analytics may not consider even cost center an element to analyze their stuff. So uh, a real graph would be able to accommodate different relationship between two different entities, you know, and um, that would be the common um, people used to call it master data. But then I'm talking about master data as a graph, you know, where it would allow all the business units to you know, be conformed to the, the relationships, you know. It could That's break over time. Yeah. We're, we're sort of heading in that direction as well, like we're trying to provide okay. a graph um, and trying to, I guess, expose, like we expect that like particular domains of data would, would, would appear in that graph, but be exposed in like from an analytical perspective and operational perspective in very different ways. But at least having this graph, this, this map of where all data is, um, and how it relates is something we're trying to achieve, uh, achieve as well. Yeah, the, the point uh, uh, Philip made was uh, schema on write and schema on read, basically, right? Producer and consumer think differently. And mm -hmm. Kafka tried to do solve this problem by schema registry, right? To have like common, you know, uh, schema registry where everybody conforms to it. The problem is that schema registry is not very flexible, you know, like a graph. So very rigid. So it's, 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 it's a hard problem to solve. Yeah. Mm. I love it. I love it. I, I, um, it's, it, I, I know we have, um, but, uh, but a minute left. Um, but I, I love that. Um, we've been able to explore the topic of so thoroughly in such a short amount of time by starting with, you know, quite divergent views, uh, finding the, the areas of differences, exploring those, finding areas of overlap, clarifying those. It's, it's been great. I just posted the, the question of where, where do people sit now? Centralized, decentralized, or both? And yeah, there's been decentralized, there's been both, there's been talks about the concept of a master data as a graph being excellent. So I love the fact that we're bringing clarity to these discussions, and I hope that people are getting value from this. Um, Naveen, Rohan, thank you so much for your perspectives, for your time. It's been outstanding. Thank you. And it's a different debate that I've seen from other, you know, architecture decisions. So interesting. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, right. Thank you. Thank you both so much. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. 
please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as Data Futurology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.